Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks go out to Ace Andrews. He'll be engineering the show today and being part of the show today. Hey, would you go out to iWorkForHim.com? Consider joining the iWorkForHim Nation today. Go out to iWorkForHim, the iWork, the number for him.com, and click on the iWorkForHim Nation flag. As you're sitting there considering this, here's what we're looking for. We're looking for Christ followers around the world that are willing to make the commitment to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Don't let that intimidate you. What we're looking for is Christ followers that are just willing to say, okay, okay, I get it. My workplace is my mission field. And in that mission field, I may be the only Jesus my coworkers and employees may ever meet. Please go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the iWorkForHim Nation flag and join today. I work the number four him.com. It does take a paradigm shift in our minds, though. It really does. To be a Christ follower takes a paradigm shift in our minds to recognize the fact that we're no longer Lord of our lives, but we give up lordship for a way better Lord. For the God of the universe to sit on the throne in our own lives and to say, you know what? You created this all. Let's fo- I'll just follow you. That's what being a Christ follower is all about. Recognizing the fact that Jesus came and died for your sin, for my sin. And he paid that price on the cross and then rose to the dead to say, listen, I got death taken care of. Now just put your faith and trust in me. And that's what life is all about. Just being in connection with Jesus and having a relationship with our heavenly father. It's so important that we do that, but it does take a paradigm shift to recognize that life, what you see, it's almost like the matrix. It's not real around you. That's just a a world that's temporary. It's going to disappear someday. But eternity has already begun in my life because I gave my life to Christ. But it took this paradigm shift that Paul describes in Romans 12 too. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Why? Because they're broken and messed up. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Every day on I Work For Him, we try to take a different approach to how we look at our workplace like a mission field. And there's nothing more powerful for a Christ follower, certainly a business person, a Christ follower that's involved in business, than going on a short-term missions trip. Short-term missions trip totally shift your paradigm forever because all of a sudden, typically those trips go to places where there are people that are less privileged than us 
people that are citizens of the United States of America. And when you go on a trip, you see what true poverty looks like. Not just poverty of stuff, but poverty of self. People that literally have nothing and they're told that they're worth nothing. Yet, Jesus died for those people just as much as he died for us. And we get an opportunity to see that and it and it changes how we look at our daily lives here in the United States of America. I recommend that every Christ follower... Get out of the United States of America and go to a third world country, or as they like to call them today, developing countries, because you got to be politically correct. How about everything you say? But to go and see true poverty, the way 90% of the world lives, and you'll come back here and you'll never be the same again. Matthew 25, 40 says this, and the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it for, as you did it. To one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it for me. I'd like to welcome to the studio Ace Andrews and Tony Shankweiler. Ace is, as you recognize Ace, he's constantly one of the board operators, the board engineers. He's super duper guy. He's the head honcho of the show four days a week on I Work For Him. And Tony, his very good friend, Tony, as we'll call her today, the two of them just went with their church on a short-term missions trip to Jamaica, man. And they're going to talk to us about their trip. But before they do, we're going to welcome to the show, Tony, Ace, and Martha joins us for a very special edition, I Work For Him. I'm just glad we're all here in the studio today. Yeah, it's great to be here. All right, so let's just start with Ladies First, Tony. Talk to me about how did you come to be a Christ follower? Um, It's a simple story, really. Um, I was with my youth group when I was 13 years old, and we were traveling, I think, to an event, a conference or a retreat. And the topic came up in conversation of death, and I, I believe it was death as it pertains to Uh, persecution, Christian persecution. And this uneasiness fell over me and I, I was scared. Um, and I, I realized that my friends and the leaders in my youth group weren't scared because they knew where they were going if they died, um, at any moment. And so, um, I basically talked to them and I settled it that night at 13 years old. I accepted Christ into my heart. Uh, That's pretty cool. And and it it is for some, it's a simple journey like that. We're like, that, that makes sense. I want to do that. And those, and there are others of us, they're a little stub, more stubborn. Ace, what about you? How did you come to be a Christ follower? Uh, well, I was born and raised in church, just like Tony was. At the age of six, uh, my dad said, hey, would you like to step forward and ask Christ as your Savior? And I said, yeah, I would love to do that. But I realized a couple of years later, uh, at the age of eight or nine, I was thinking, you know what? I think I just said words. I don't think I actually meant it. And so I remember that night, I think it might have even been a Sunday night, I, I was in my bedroom and I said, you know what? I'm going to nail it down tonight. Christ, I want you in my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And I remembered that was the moment I know I truly became a Christian. And now you have, uh, you know, you really have felt the call on your life, Ace, to pursue becoming a preacher. Yes, I have. So we're going to give you that experience here today on the show today and just share all, all what happened with your trip in Jamaica. We'll be right back with Ace Andrews, and he brings along his very good friend, Tony Shankweiler. The two of them just got back from a short-term missions trip to Jamaica, and I wanted them to come on and share because it is a heart and passion. Both Martha and I totally believe that every Christ follower should get the exposure to the short-term mission field. Yeah, and I was just wanting to have you tell our studio, well, not just our studio audience, but everybody listening, 
Was that always the way you felt? No. In fact, wow, that's an embarrassing question to no, ask on the air. No, it's not embarrassing. Well, I think it is. it's a okay. real question. Okay, so here, here's the deal. Martha and I, Martha spent a year on the mission field with her parents in 10th grade. And so I got to meet her as she moved to Minneapolis after that. And so I'd always thought, well, why do you got to go across the world to get involved in missions when there's so much stinking mission work to be done right here in the United States of America? I mean, there's a lot of lost people Which in the United really States of America. Which is a really good question. And, and why do we spend millions of dollars to go on these short-term trips when we could just do the work right here. Of course, then I had the opportunity in 2009 to go to the Dominican Republic. And it wasn't so much for me because I needed to renew my relationship with the Lord. It was an eye-opener for me. I got to see the impact on business people when they, rich business people who went and saw true poverty, poverty of spirit and poverty of stuff. And I saw it transform their lives. And like, wow, that's why everybody needs to go. They need to go. You don't need to go a lot. You need to send your money to local indigenous people that love the Lord and are sharing the gospel and are bringing the gospel. They need our money and support. But you need to go once at least so you could see the reality of the situation that 90% of the world lives in. So, okay. So you guys got to go on this trip. What facilitated you guys going on this short-term missions trip, Ace? Well, I will say this. I go to the Sunday school class that is mainly consists of Team Jamaica, is what we call it, Team Jamaica. So it's mostly people from my Sunday school class and, and um, um, people I've grown up with at church. And so I remember that was one of the things I was looking forward to when I got old enough to be as a part of the Sunday school class. I was thinking, okay, I, I'm going to be able to go to Jamaica. Um, and so this was just something that this, uh, I was been able to do four times now this was my fourth trip to jamaica it's the same place yeah same place and i, I would like to expand eventually but oh, yeah. oh, you'll be able to expand now yeah. tony was this your first time to jamaica yes it was and, and would you go back absolutely okay so do the two of you see each other on the long-term mission field then is that what uh well i do know i don't know but i will say this i, I definitely see future mission trips with us together in the future mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. so future I mean, mission both, trips of the yes. two of you in the future yes got yeah, it okay I, yeah i just yeah repetitive <laughs> okay no that's good no okay so talk to me about so the church it was the ch- the church sponsored this trip. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the church sponsored the trip, but you had did you have to raise money as well for the yes, trip? Yes, yes, we did have to raise money ourselves. All right, so just talk about how the trip came together. So really, it really came together. How it all started was our, our Sunday school teacher is a doctor. His name is Dr. Frazier, along with his wife. Uh, his wife is the one that was really passionate about missions, and for some reason, God laid it on her heart. Uh, something about the Jamaican people. And so she said, hey, I really feel like we should do medical mission trips to the country of Jamaica. And Dr. Frazier had already had experience in doing it in the country of Haiti. And so he said, you know what? I'd like to do it in Jamaica as well. And ever since they started it, I don't know how many years. It's been at least 10 years they've been mm-hmm. doing this. Uh, it's kind of expanded. It used to just be they'd see a few patients a day. Uh, now, uh, I know we saw, I think in the span of three days, 320 patients. Wow. Um, so he's a general practitioner kind of doctor? Yes, he is. And actually, his boss has come with him now the last few times. Dr. Mediti is his name. Uh, so now we have two doctors, and it was great because that means we got to see more people. Now, which part, Tony, of Jamaica were you guys in? Uh, we traveled to three villages. Um, the first one being Pleasant Valley, the second one, uh, Porus, and the third one, um, I believe, was called Maypin. Um, very poor communities, um, underprivileged, 
everything that you would expect. We also went to another village, believe it or not, called Africa. There was a village called hmm. Africa in that. In, Africa in Jamaica. in Jamaica. Yeah. And it was like, oh, oh okay. And so that was another, uh, very similar to what Tony said, very poor community. Mm. So near Kingston, near which parts of, I mean, where'd you guys fly into? Uh, we flew into Montego Bay. Okay. Um, and, and in fact, that first day we saw. It's got uh, Beach Boys songs flying through my head. I know, I was just thinking that. Now Pleasant you're Valley gonna... Sunday. Yeah. That I got, so that was the Beatles. Wasn't Pleasant Valley Sunday a Beatles song? Oh, Pleasant, don't ask another me. Pleasant you know, Valley we, I was Sunday. Talking, yeah, we were, yeah. I, I was with Tony's family last night and they were talking about some songs that they thought of that would involve yep. Jamaica. So it was kind of <laughs> funny to hear that. Uh, but I know we, we, we flew into Montego Bay. We visited a, a, an orphanage there on our first day. Uh, and then we actually uh, drove to Maypen, which is a little bit closer, I believe, to the Kingston area. So the, the ministry stuff that you guys were doing, talk to me about that, Tony. Why, first of all, Tony, why did you go? If you've never been before, why did you go on a short-term missions trip? I mean, what do you do during the day? What, what's your full-time job right now? So I'm currently a third year student at University of Tampa, um, and I also nanny part-time. So Ace came to me and he said, listen, um, there's an opening for the Jamaica trip. Um, they've are, my church has already bought the tickets and we need to fill the spot. Mm. Um, I had a passport. I've been on previous mission trips. And oh, you was, have? Okay. Yeah. And it was funny. I was actually seeking out a mission trip to go on. Um, and Things weren't jiving with the other trips, and this kind of made itself available. Awesome. Awesome. um, So what was the agenda, the overall reason why you went? Okay, you wanted to go on one, but why did you go? What were you hoping to accomplish, hoping to experience by going into Jamaica? Basically, to do what Christ did in the Bible. Um, You know, we see in the New Testament that he... Uh, he heals people, he sees people, he meets their physical needs, but he doesn't stop there afterward. He talks to them and he shares with them about, you know, the good news of Jesus Christ. So were you able to do that? Did you experience that on yes. this trip? Yes. That kind of manifested itself in the in the way of uh, setting up a clinic, um, patients being seen by the doctors, and then coming to Ace and I um, and us having the opportunity to share the gospel with them and pray with them. Wonder. Oh, that's cool. So I'm mean, like, yeah, because you're, are you at the U, at UT for anything medical related? Um, no, I'm not. I'm actually a psychology student. Oh, so you're wondering why I asked you that question. Okay. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Jim? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I think, I, I'm pretty sure she's going to do a case study in all of our Team Jamaica members. Oh, like, well, I think, yeah, right. think she's going to write a paper as on As long us. as she's focused on that and not me, I'm good. Yeah. So how many people were on your team? What? How many people made up the team? 18 or 19. Okay. You're not sure? You left one behind yeah, or what? I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think <laughs> Give or was, take. We went with 19, get back I with 18. Was, That's pretty good. I think it was 19, right? Because there were 11, 11 women and 8 men, so it should have been 19. Right. That's, That's good math. There we go. That All right. So, do math. <laughs> Tony, you're a junior at UT, and uh, your focus is on psychology. How did you, uh, your experience in the mission field in Jamaica for a week, how did that impact how you think you can use psychology in the future for, uh, for Christ? That's a great question, um, and one that I've been contemplating since the trip. Um, when I was in Jamaica, um, part of my job was, you know, sharing the gospel, of course, and praying with women. And there were so many women who just wanted to talk to someone mm. who were saved, and they shared with me about um, unsaved spouses, um, perhaps unsaved, you know, boyfriends or children. And I just I got a glimpse of kind of their heart. 
And I knew in that moment that this is something I want to pursue. So what you guys don't know is that I'm pursuing um, a profession in uh, Christian therapy, Christian counseling. Um, So I I definitely knew that I wanted to be in an environment like that Mm -hmm. where I was helping people, um, whether that's on a mission field or if it's here in the States. So if you go here in the States, though, you're going to have to get like a master's degree, right? That's correct. You're going to be in school forever. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm curious, these women that you got to the opportunity to talk to and pray with, how did people hear about your clinic? Did they spend time ahead of time letting people know that you're going to be there? Or what is that draw that brings them in? Yeah, I think we had some churches, the, the churches that could, we would set up at the church right. itself. Uh, so the churches would announce it. And, and and to be quite honest, these were small villages, a mm-hmm. lot of them. And so the word kind of spread quickly that they see you, know, you come in, yeah, they see us coming where we're in a bus and a bunch of know, white people yeah, but really that's the other thing we're, yep. we're a bunch of white people mm-hmm. we're very an, an uncommon sight in some of those areas mm-hmm. and so the word kind of spread quick about our clinic there's not a lot of blonde hair red-haired people walking around yeah. that part of jamaica mm-hmm. exactly exactly so you stuck out a little bit <laughs> yeah especially me i think especially yeah. me well i don't know there's not a lot of blonde you didn't see a lot no. of blonde hair people there did you tony i didn't see any yeah no <laughs> well, I, that's that, awesome yeah i always felt like when we were in costa rica i I'm walking through san jose and i'm going okay i'm taller than everybody and and everybody that's from there, they all still have hair. Whether they're of Spanish <laughs> descent or of of South American descent, they all had hair. So I'm the only bald, super tall guy walking around. They have there. great hair, don't they? They have great hair. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Okay. Not that <laughs> hair is the answer to everything, but you it was something little, I used to. You do sound a little jealous. Uh, just bitter. It's just bitterness. <laughs> I'll get over it. Okay. So so we're talking today with Ace Andrews. That's right. The Ace Andrews, producer of the show, board engineer. He got all kinds of titles, but just super dude, what we call him on the show. He and Tony Shankweiler, they just got back from Jamaica, a trip that I guarantee transformed their minds that Romans 12, 2 talks about. So uh, here's what I want to know first. Tony, going into the trip to Jamaica, what did you think you would experience? Well, um, we faced um, quite a bit of opposition going into the trip. So, and by that, I mean, Satan was really at work. And so... In what ways? Come on, be specific. This is a radio. People, you got to draw people a picture. So the leader of our group um, would share just about um, contacts that she had, I think, in Jamaica um, were falling through. um, Things weren't working out how they were supposed to be. well, and, and we also had a hard time with fundraising. We were actually really cutting it close with the, getting the amount of money we needed to be able to go as well. It was a very last minute when we got it all. Hmm. So what did you expect? Based on all that precursor stuff going on with the enemy, what did you expect? The how did, What did you expect to experience with the trip? I expected God to show up and show out, basically. Um, I had been on previous trips before, uh, mission trips, and I, I just know that God wanted to do a mighty work. And a lot of prayer had been invested in this trip, so I was fully expecting God to show up um, to the Jamaican people, but also to me. Mm-hmm. So what did you experience then? I mean, I, so that's what you expected. Now you're back. You're recovering. You've gotten some rest. What did what did you experience? Well, why we were there, um, our job, Ace and I, was to evangelize to the people. And I guess it was a few days. Did after- you learn how to speak Jamaican? No. <laughs> Ace can talk pretty fast. I've heard him on the radio. He can talk really fast. And I know the Jamaican people really talk fast, so they like to talk fast, but they talk with an accent. And so you have to understand it. You have to put mon at the end of every sentence. So did you learn how to do that? 
Not you know. Now don't pretend. Now, now you 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 could come up with a pretty good Jamaican accent now, Tony. I, yeah. I heard it after the fact. I heard it after. <laughs> okay, the fact. so maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> like for example, all right, ready? Let's let's pretend. All right, Tony. Now you're Jamaican, okay? Okay. Do you know Jesus? Yes, man. There you go. <laughs> wow. That's classic. Okay, so I'm speechless. <laughs> I am speechless. Jamaica man. Okay, so talk to me about about your time there. Then, so what 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 did you experience? What did the Lord do? What did He reveal to you in your life? So, as I was saying, um, Ace and I's job was to evangelize to people, and I was thinking about it after we got back from the trip. But um, our leaders told us, "This is your job. This is your task to share the gospel and to pray with people." And I took that seriously because it was, in a way, a commandment, I felt. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking about it, and Jesus commands no less. Um, when he, his last words to us was the Great Commission, and it says to go out and make disciples. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean just to Jamaica. It doesn't mean, um, you know, just at your church. It means everywhere. And so, for me, what I experienced was um, just kind of a revival in my life, um, to go out and make disciples, not just in Jamaica, but here in the States as well, at my campus, for example. Wow, that's awesome. You know, a few weeks ago, we had a ministry on the air, Cornerstone Campus Ministry. Have you ever heard of them? Uh, no, I haven't. They're just starting. They've been on USF campus for a lot of years, and just this year, they started planting groups and working with people sharing the gospel on UT campus. So right before school starts in the fall, remind us we'll get you connected with those leaders because these guys are unbelievable they're missionaries we've been supporting for four or five years already yeah and their whole um, focus is evangelism and discipleship so very strong in the word and helping people to understand it so that's pretty exciting and because ut is a private campus they have to be invited on whereas usf they can just go on and they're looking for christ following kids students to you're not a kid anymore sorry you're half my my age so but christ following students to invite them on and to open up bible studies we've got it we've got an avenue for you to make a bigger impact even coming up this next year. Awesome. All right, so Ace, what did uh, what did you expect to get going into this uh, trip? Yeah, I, I was, I, and me and Tony actually had talked about this after the fact too. I remembered in previous trips that the Jamaican people are fairly polite to you, that they want to be able to talk with you uh, and, and they don't mind, you know, hearing about Jesus, even if they don't necessarily believe or, you know, whatever. But I, I noticed on this trip, it seemed like, they were a little bit harder to talk to. And I think it was because a lot of them, especially in the community of Africa, um, I I got that feeling, and I know Tony got that feeling as well, that uh, when they sat down and tried to talk with us, they kept looking over at the people giving, like that are getting their medicine. And and it was clearly, they were just like, okay, I'll just listen to you for a minute, but as soon as I get my medicine, I want to get out of here. It was clearly like this, you know, what do you have for me? And that's all I care about. Mm. And so, you know, um, I didn't expect that. I expected a little bit and maybe more of, I guess, to be a little bit easier to be able to to witness to some of these people because some of them were just blatantly rolling their eyes at you and just kind of looking around, not really paying attention. And so that kind of, you know, reminded me that, listen, there's going to be people that aren't going to want to hear what we have to say. They're not going to want to hear about the gospel because that means that when we tell them you're a sinner on your way to hell, they don't like that. They don't like to hear that and that the only way to, to heaven is through Jesus Christ, and they don't want to hear that either. And, uh, but it's still our job to keep going. We have to keep witnessing to people even if they don't want to hear it. So did you find, I mean, in these conversations that you guys had with people, did you have anybody that said, you know what, I've heard it before, but this time it makes sense? Or, I, I mean, did you have anybody go, you know what, I want to make that commitment? 
Tony, I think you had one that was very uh, was thrown off by the idea that you don't necessarily have to be baptized to be saved. I remembered that that woman, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, and that was kind well, of an interesting thing. Well, tell us about that. So I inquired about if she knew Jesus and if she was saved, and she was saying yes to all of these things. Um, and uh, I, I kind of I thought, okay, so she's solid. She she knows. You know, she's saved. She's sealed. Um, and uh, then I asked her, I said, and you know that you don't, you know, being baptized isn't the only, being baptized isn't a requirement to get into heaven, so to speak. And she just looked at me with a shocked face. And she was like, what? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. And then I, I brought up to her the, the story of the thief on the cross. Why was that conversation so important? Um, well, what I found was Jamaican people have a tendency to believe that being baptized is really all you need, um, that that is just as good as making the decision to follow Christ. And we all know that that's simply not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going into the trip, I knew that. And as part of kind of my questions to the Jamaican people, I would that would be one of them, you know, and you know that you don't have to be baptized to, you know, be, you know, abide with Christ in right. heaven. So this lady then actually was quite shocked by that. And, and did she, but you said that she did understand the saving knowledge of Christ. So you knew that she already had assurance of salvation. Yes, she did. Um, she, she was sealed completely, mm-hmm. but it just threw her off because I believe she wasn't baptized. So okay. she was under like great guilt because mm. she hadn't done this, you know, Thing that she thought was a requirement, right? And I think did you I take hope, her down to the shore then and get her baptized or what? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Um, but I think that after our conversation, she was relieved and she felt, I think, a bit more assured. Interesting. It, it's funny that that Jim, you mentioned that like, oh, did you go take her bap, you know, and baptize her? I actually <laughs> was witnessing to a guy, and I, you know, and he he didn't seem like he was like he wanted to accept Christ, uh, but I realized the reason why is he said I, I don't have time to go get baptized today, <laughs> and he was like, and I said, well, you don't have to do that today. What you need to do is just believe that Christ died on the cross for your sins and that He's the only way to heaven, and you know, then you talk to the church later, and then you can get baptized because it's just an expression of your faith. And he was like, oh, okay. And so then he was a little more receptive uh, to what I had to say. So there's really a cultural thing going on in yes. there, at least in that community um, of, of people that uh, they think that they're, that's maybe the alternative. So that's interesting. So we saw pictures on Facebook of you holding babies in an orphanage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but you guys didn't adopt any kids. No, no, we didn't. Okay. N- not All this right. time. Not this time. Okay. <laughs> All right. So talk to me about where, what were some of the locations that you went ace within Jamaica was it orphanages every time or what was it? Uh, no, the orphanage was in Montego Bay. Uh, we actually also visited an infirmary. Uh, I can't remember the exact location, but that would have been close to Pleasant Valley. Uh, and then on our last night, we went to a nursing home that was in Maypen, uh, where we actually met. I, I can't remember his name now because I, I actually I couldn't I didn't I couldn't understand him when he <laughs> told me his name. But he was he claimed he was 106 years old. Wow. So uh, that was pretty interesting. There are days I feel 106. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not claiming it. No, I'm not claiming that yet. All right. So you're back. You're, you're back doing your regular jobs. You know, you're being, I know, Tony, you're not back in school yet. Or you're not in summer school, right? No. I'm okay. Not. All right. So, but you're back doing nannying. And, you know, it's, 
it's tough. You were on that mountaintop. Mm-hmm. For the, you guys were gone for a week, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're at that mountaintop experience. And you, you're, you're serving all week long. You're kind of living it a little rough. <laughs> I imagine it was a little rough. Yeah. Were, were you guys staying in youth hostels or score we, places? We stayed or? in the missionary's house, which had no air conditioning except for maybe two rooms. And we would sleep in those rooms. So. All right. So you're stacked on top of each other then? Basically, yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So you're the... Uh, you're in this experience where it's just it's just amazing. You're you're gone. You're getting to see the power of the Lord in your own heart. You're getting to see it in other people's lives, and you're going to see people getting healed because you're bringing drugs and they're. I mean, all the different things that are doing. Then you come back. Did you feel the letdown, Tony? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, in, in this kind of society, it's so easy to get distracted. But over there, people are so grateful for. Um, not only the medicine, but for the good news of Christ. And then you get here and people know about Christ and they, they choose to reject him anyway. And that's really sad, but it doesn't mean we, we should stop trying, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it is a letdown, but I'm also motivated to just keep pushing on, keep, you know, doing the ministry that God has called me here. And it's your thrust back in a radio world, which you work in a pretty high-paced, fast-paced yes, world. Yes. I mean, you guys don't ever really sit down. There's no mold growing on your seat. So how how do you maintain that focus that you had when you're on your trip in Jamaica, when you're back here today running a board? Right. Yeah. No, that's a great question. It, it was. It, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I talked to uh, uh, Dr. Frazier's wife, who was really kind of the head of, of really getting the organizational part of this mission trip, uh, you know, done. And I texted her the next day and I said, I've got to be honest, I'm still feeling down like sad about leaving like i'd been three other times before and i was like i'm glad i went but i'm sure glad to be back home but i said for some reason this trip i'm just i'm not feeling it like i I wish i was back i wish i hadn't left and she said it was because you were doing exactly what god wanted you to do and she said and i I totally agree with her nothing beats that fulfillment that you feel when you know that you're being used of god and she so she had said and i'm going to start practicing this is just when you wake up every day just ask god god what do you want me to do today Hmm. you know wherever i'm at whether i'm at work or i have a day off and i'm just with family or friends what do you want me to do today and then maybe that fulfillment that, that I felt in Jamaica will be here as well. You know, and that's one of the things we talk about why we have this radio program is helping people to understand that where they are each day is their mission field. And that in that mission field, those around you may never see Jesus except for through you. And I love going back to what Tony said and how it was impressed on you that um, that command to go and make disciples wasn't just when you're on the short term missions trip. It is your life. And um, that is our the command that's been given to us. And so for our listeners to get an understanding. Yes, it is life changing to go on a short term trip and to see the world from a different perspective. But to be able to grasp that and say, that is how I want to live every day in my workplace. um, That's the message that we're trying to get to our listeners. Tony, my question for you is, okay, you, you went away, you've, you've, you're getting a psych major and uh, you're a nanny and you're going to school and you're nanny and you and Ace are good friends. Uh, did, did anything about your daily life, did anything about your degree pursuit, did any of that change or get solidified because of this trip to Jamaica? One, one as far as um, my destiny, so to speak, or, you know, my, my pursuit of the 
psych major. None of that has really um, changed, um, I feel. But I think something that I gleaned from the trip was confidence in sharing the gospel with people. Mm, Cool. That was our sole job. I mean, from the moment we got to the clinic and from the time that we left, we were just telling people about Jesus Christ. And so with that experience, it's almost easier to share with people here. Um, And so I would say that I am more confident. And so Mm. God has equipped me, I think, more Mm -hmm. for that's awesome. It's nothing like getting refined a little bit. What about you, Ace? You earlier this spring really just felt the Lord's call for you to move towards a preaching ministry. Right. So as you went and spent, and you've been on missions trips in the past, but this is different. You'd never had that, felt that call on your life before you went on a missions trip before. Now you've got it on your call and you went and you spent this week sharing the gospel, working alongside Tony, working on this team of 18 or 19. You guys have to decide how many people went. <laughs> what? What did God reveal to you about your life and the call on your life? Yeah, I, I do think that um, I realized because that struggle is always there for me. It's like, you know, man, is God really can God really use me? I mean, that's kind of a struggle for me. Um, and I remembered the, the one experience that, that we haven't actually talked about yet was uh, on our last day at the church. I actually got to preach a sermon. Uh, Yeah, a a salvation centric sermon. And, you know, I thought, okay, you know, God, I want you to use me. And when I when I was finished, I thought, okay, you know, I I didn't totally mess up. I think I did all right. But I really didn't think much of it. Um, But I didn't realize that one of our team members, uh, a guy, no less, uh, just started bawling his eyes out. He felt the Holy Spirit. Uh, And I had somebody else come up to me and say, I felt the spirit when you were preaching. And it kind of confirmed to me that, that, you know, God does want to use me in this way. And it was it was very encouraging. And along with what Tony said, being able to share the gospel, like you didn't have a choice. People were coming constantly. So you couldn't like just go, all right, let somebody else take this for a minute. No, 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 no. They were coming and you had to talk to them. And so it kind of gave me confidence as well that I could share the gospel uh, and and be able to adapt to what each person, their personality and being able to talk with them. That's what I was thinking about when you were saying that, because every person is not going to be the same and they're right. coming with different mm-hmm. experiences. And some of them have that skepticism and others maybe assume that, you know, because they were baptized as a child, they were good. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that, everything in between, you have to adapt right. and you have to be able to, you get that practice. Yeah. And it was cool because me and Tony would actually communicate throughout the day when maybe we didn't have anybody at that moment. We, okay, we would kind of go, have you noticed this? There's a lot, there's a kind of running theme with some of these people, either it's because they believe baptism is the way to get to heaven or different things like that. And we would say, okay, maybe we need to change our approach or fix it a little bit uh, because we know that's kind of the running theme with the people of that day. Mm-hmm. Did you guys run it? I mean, Jamaica is a pretty dark area, not mm-hmm. not colored skin. I'm talking about the enemy has really a big domain there. Yep. Uh, there you know, Bob Marley was the leader of a religious sect and people still follow Bob Marley today. Yep. How did that, did you deal with any of that spiritual warfare on, on that one-on-one? I mean, did you, people go like, hey, what are you talking about? This Jesus thing. I follow whoever. Um, I don't know if we dealt with that too much because for the most part, they all knew who Christ was. I mean, even if they said, I'm not ready to accept them or whatever, they they were they, they understood who he was. I will say that we did um, have one little girl who came to the clinic by herself, I believe, on the second day. Um, and the other uh, members of the church said she came by herself because her mom's at home uh, and she is possessed 
Uh, by and I think they even said two demons, not just one. Mm. And so that I remember seeing that and thinking, man, there's spiritual warfare right there in front of us. Oh yeah, right. it's incredible. Tony, biggest trip highlight, the biggest, uh, the, the highlight of the trip for you. Um, mine's my highlight is kind of bittersweet. Um, but uh, it was a story that a woman told. Um, you know, she was saved. I had asked her all the questions, and you know, she, I found out that she was saved. And she told me about how God had worked in her life. And I got so much for that. And so I'll briefly share with you. Um, basically, someone had broken into her home um, during the night and had sh- fired 11 shots at her. None of them hit her, but unfortunately one hit her daughter. And um, the doctors told her that her daughter would never walk again. Mm. Well, she told me that, you know, this is just how God works, but her daughter is a walking miracle right now. And um, she is just walking by faith neat that sounds like wow. sweet part well i don't even get the bitter part of that the bitter part was because well, she had been broken into yes and shot yeah all right you're listening to i work for him with your host jim and martha brangenberg as we talk with ace andrews and tony shankweiler about their trip to jamaica and why you should go on a short-term missions trip so ace what's the name of your church uh the first free will baptist church in tampa so it's the first one where people learn about free will yeah in basically, tampa. basically okay all right wow okay wow that's kind of like so selfish like we're the first we're one the first, yeah. we're the first one <laughs> I'm probably not, I'm sure of that. Okay, so why, Tony, here's what I want, want you to share. From, from your perspective, Tony, why should somebody go on a short-term missions trip? Well, I mean, I'm sure if you talk to a lot of people, they'll give you a different answer. I don't want their answers. I want your answer. <laughs> but um, in my experience, I think that it's great, especially for a young person, because um, not only are they doing what Christ did, as I mentioned earlier in the show, but they're also being surrounded by a lot of um, Christians who have done this before and who have spent maybe a lifetime walking with Christ. So we spent a week in Jamaica. Um, and for someone who is new to the faith or maybe just starting out, they get to be with 18 Christians mm-hmm. and they get to, you know, spend time learning um, from them, hearing their stories and hearing the stories of the Jamaican believers. So I think it, it would benefit them spiritually. Mm, that's so, great. so really just to deepen their faith. Yes. All right. Ace, what about for you? Why do you think, speak to those listeners out there today. They're, they're, they're being challenged this summer to go on a short-term missions trip. And they're like, I'm not going to go do that. Why should they do it? Yeah, I think, uh, as as I mentioned earlier, I think one way is that when you're on a mission trip like that, you're kind of forced to share the gospel with people around you. you you're kind of having to put yourself out there more than maybe you normally would. And I think a mission trip really gives you that practice to do that when you come back home and you kind of start to realize, you know what, I, I can share the gospel with other people. It doesn't have to necessarily just be, uh, you know, out and abroad. It can be right here at home. Martha, I know you'd echo those things. You actually spent a year on the missions field and, and then we both have been on some short-term trips in, since then, but why should people get exposed to the short-term missions field? Well, I know that one of the things we often discuss is the fact that, you know, you pour so much into going on a trip. You raise money. Um, you, your faith is grown in so many ways by the, the obstacles that are coming up as you're preparing to go and um, telling people why you're going. But this, the um, what you get back out of a missions trip is so much more than you could ever invest in. And you're investing a lot. And so it's that um, that 
return that is not anything that you can put a value on that changes your life eternally. Yeah, and that's really what I was going to echo as well. Is that one of the reasons why you go on a short-term trip, you do get an opportunity to do ministry. You get a chance to share things. Like you guys got to share the gospel, Tony and Ace. But what you come back with is a perspective that you never could have gotten had you not gone. And that's what's really powerful. Tony Shankweiler, Ace Andrews, thanks so much for being on I Work For Him today and just sharing what Christ is doing in your life and that he took you on that trip. Thanks for sharing that, guys. Thanks for having us. Tony, you're supposed to say thank you now. <laughs> she thank nodded you. her she, head. She nodded her head. This is not television. <laughs> All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him radio show, I want to thank you for listening. I hope that you just heard something as you, as you heard Ace's heart and Tony's heart talking about the work that the Lord did in their lives, that it challenges you to take the next opportunity to go on a missions trip that your church is offering. You know, and if you've got an opportunity, you're looking for a great church that is mission-minded, Ace, your church again was what? Uh, the first Free Will Baptist Church in Tampa. Go All right. to tampafreewill.com. All right, tampafreewill.com. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, and we own our own business, but ultimately, I work for, for him. him.